Prepare yourself for Earthling Entertainment with your hosts, Joe and Ryan. Why, hello and welcome to the first episode of Earthling Entertainment in 2024! According to all those 80s and 70s and 90s sci-fi movies that I love so much, we are literally in the future, Ryan. We are. The future is now. In the year 2024. Like, does that not sound futuristic? What a time to be alive. I know. But it's amazing, because you, uh, speaking of old sci-fi, all old movies, uh, I shouldn't say all, a lot of old movies, they did predict the future. If you watch old Star Trek, and yeah. they're holding up iPads, you know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. Quantum Leap, uh, Ziggy, the, the character Sam, is always carrying around a handheld phone essentially i mean it doesn't have a screen but it's this little box device where he gets all the information he needs via the internet the jetsons totally nailed facetiming oh that's true that's true i thought we were gonna jump into a joke and i'm just like you're right we do live in the sky ryan that's right (laughs) you know i heard a dark thing about the jetsons where they say the reason why they were living in the sky is because uh the world was flooded no i actually i heard i remember thinking about that when right. I was younger, I was like, why do they have to live? Like, what happened to the Earth? Yeah. I remember thinking that. They're all super casual about it. Like, don't worry about it. The Earth's kind of fucked. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, so it, So it's almost like a weird, I don't know, like Bioshock kind of world like that they live in. Yeah, except it's the third Bioshock where we are in Columbia, which is the floating utopia in the sky. Which, I know you loved that game, but that was my least favorite of all. It was all. a lot of people's least favorite. Yeah. yeah. We kind of jumped on like 12 topics real quick there. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, guys, this is Earthling Entertainment. And here at Earthling Entertainment, what we do is a little bit of the strange, a little bit of the spooky, a little bit of the creepy. So what we start out with is a segment called Spooky Stuff, where, we, you know, we usually do something cryptozoology or some crazy mystery and then we have ryan's discussion uh disclosure discussion too many d's there Uh, that's what she said but anyways uh, that segment is primarily aliens after that we usually have headlines and a few stories about the entertainment industry uh whether it's music or video games or movies and if somebody in the entertainment industry died then we cover that you know that kind of thing so we're both halves we're earthling and entertainment <laughs> but today a little bit different first uh first show of the year so we thought we would do our normal spooky stuff and ryan's disclosure discussion and then just kind of have a casual conversation which essentially is what we did the first two minutes of this podcast so if you enjoyed the first couple seconds of this show well you're gonna love the end strap yourselves in buckle up <laughs> it's gonna be a good one it's 2024 in the year 2024, Ryan and Joe discuss the Bunny Man. The Bunny Man. So yeah, guys, uh, we're going to jump into our first section, which is spooky stuff with the Bunny Man. Spooky stuff. Uh, this comes to us from uh, Washingtonian.com. Often with urban legends, there's the story and there's the truth. That's what makes the tale of Fairfax County's Bunny Man so eerie, so bizarre, and so downright creepy. While there are several variations of the urban legend splashed across the furthest reaches of the internet, the true story of the Bunny Man may actually be even weirder. 
Yeah. It's kind of like playing telephone, right? Where it's like you tell an urban legend, then you tell it to the next guy, and then the next guy adds a hook to the hand of the killer. It, then the yeah. next guy adds like, well, he also has bloodshot eyes, and then continues. Well, it's like every other, the Charman and every and all the other legends we've covered, they, they always have like three different versions. And they always evolve. You know what? I gotta be honest. I like some of the more outlandish ones, but the fact that this one is kind of based on truth, and the truth is actually creepy. That's yeah. that's why we're talking about it today, Ryan. That's right. <laughs> uh, a creepy guy on Halloween dressed oddly, throwing hatchets at people. It's just too bizarre to possibly be true, says Fairfax County archivist Brian Conley. But it is. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, right. what sorry i just thought that was funny <laughs> for four decades the legend of the bunny man has captivated northern virginian uh fear seekers uh conley first heard the tale when he was an area youngster in the 1970s it showed up in a 1973 university of maryland undergrads class paper it has been told and retold by local teens for years. While the legend has evolved and changed through the years, it follows these lines. In early 20th century, deep in the woods that divided the town of Clifton from Fairfax Station, there was an asylum for the insane. Because of course there was. At some point, the asylum closed and the residents were piled into a bus bound for Lorton Prison. On the way there... The bus swerved and crashed. Many of the convicts escaped, but were also caught. But some were caught, save one, Douglas Griffin. Douglas Griffin. He escaped from that bunny bus. Soup. This sounds a lot like the 2018 Halloween, but that's okay. Yes. <laughs> While searching for him, authorities found a trail of half-eaten gutted bunnies with num 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 we come to a lot of num 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 I like that <laughs> with many hanging from what was then called the Fairfax Station Bridge for months the police searched for Griffin but he was never found then on Halloween night several teens were hanging out under the bridge at the stroke of midnight they were attacked the next morning they were found hanging from the bridge gutted like bunnies to this day, it is said that if you are at Bunny Man Bridge at midnight on Halloween night, you too will meet the fate of those teens and rabbits. All right, so that is the 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 legend, the twist of it, the where where we got to, the end of the line. You know what I mean? Not not the original what actually happened, but I love it. I think that's fun because it's set up that you could have a whole slasher movie where it's just that night with the teens and then he kills them one by one and takes them back to that bridge, hangs them up. Oh, it's perfect. I, I have no idea if this is the premise of a film, but there is like the bunny man killer if we Google it or something real quick. So there is a movie, but I don't know if it's the exact movie. I, I could see it being a good short. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It just seems like perfect for that kind of slasher style. But uh if you make a movie, you're gonna they're gonna try to put too much to it. And I think it's better just as this, you know, have a bunch of teens, read about the legend, go there at night, get attacked by him, the end. Well, in twenty twenty one there's a movie called The Bunny Man. 
Uh, oh. And then there is Bunny Man Slaughter, which apparently... How hair-raising. In- oh! That was stupid. I liked it. All right, that one's in production. All right, so chances are the idea of this biggest slasher is, is old news, but it just seems like a cool story. If carrots could get you drunk, rabbits would be fucked up. Ah, uh, yes. What was his name? That, uh, that Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. Rest so, in famous peace. comedian. Uh, he died too young, and he was famous for one-liners. Do you have yeah, another one? Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, I was going to get my teeth whitened, but then I thought, fuck that, I'll just get a tan instead. Ha <laughs> ha! Love that guy. Anyways, back to the buddy man. The, <laughs> that was the urban legend. Where, where are we now? Uh, okay. It is a hell of a good piece of creative writing, Conley says, about what he thinks is the most widely known version of the story. An account that follows this narrative from Timothy Forbes on CastleOfSpirits.com, he specifically cites historical inaccuracies for why the account is false. Like that Lorton Prison wasn't open until 1916. This guy's just just spoiling it for everybody with facts. There's no Fairfax court record of Douglas Griffin and the old Clifton Library, where the article's author tells skeptics evidence exists, never even existed. What? Whatever. I know. You never heard of a phantom library? Jesus. Conformists. A constant trickle of Bunny Man questions re-engage Conley's interest in the story. I got tired of saying I don't know, he explains. It took nearly a decade of research, but in 2002, he published what has been considered the most foremost paper on the subject. Uh, what he discovered is that the real story is even more bizarre than the legend. Yeah, so they keep baiting us. On October 18, 1970, the Washington Post reported that Air Force Academy cadet Robert Bennett and his fiancée were sitting in a car on the 5400 block of Guinea Road in Fairfax uh, around midnight near Bennett's uncle's house. It's always midnight. When a man dressed in a white suit with long bunny ears appeared. He yelled at the couple that they were on private property and that he had their tag number. Then he threw a wood-handled hatchet through the (laughs) front car window. Little rash. Luckily, neither of them was hurt. All right. He threw a hatchet. Was he like, you got to imagine, was it like a skill thing? Or did he just whip a hatchet, accidentally break a window? It was like, oh, shit. Funny chop. (laughs) that's, That's the stuff out of nightmares. Yeah, yeah. Dude, like, why did he have the bunny ears on? So they this they say it was a white suit, just with bunny ears. So did he just have like the little like little headband bunny ears on, like just with a like Colonel Sanders white suit? I hope so, right? <laughs> like that's I also hope that's really talk, a, that's I also a little... hope he talks like a southern gentleman. As yeah, well. that was going to say. Declare, yeah, 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 you I, are on a proper proper town. <laughs> and I have taken the liberty of taking your tag numbers. <laughs> Hatchet. Hatchet. <laughs> now, now, don't go on down that road. I don't know. Sorry, I don't know why. Sorry, South Park must come out at one point or another. Two weeks later, the bunny man showed up again, about a block away from his original sighting, according, uh, uh, according to a October 31st Washington Post article. 
uh, private security guard Paul Phillips spotted the man beast. Oh, the man beast. So now we're saying it's a it's a Is man bunny hybrid. Yeah, we went from like a southern gentleman to man beast. <laughs> <laughs> On the front porch of a new but unoccupied house, he was holding an axe. <laughs> As one does. In the piece, Phillips recounted what happened next. I started talking to him, and that's when he started chopping. Taking several swings at a pole on the porch, he threatened Phillips. All you people, all you people trespass around here. If you don't get out of here... I'm gonna bust you on the head. <laughs> we made a, a southern <laughs> bell, and I'm running with it. All right, fair enough. I'm kind of wondering, though, did someone just build these houses on what he considered to be his land? And he's just like, nope, I ain't, nope, nope, you can build it here, but it's my land. It's just, uh, maybe it is his land, you know? Or was, according to Mr. Banker. It could have been. Yep, I know that. I mean, does he do deals with bunny men? I mean... Did he wear the ear? Is he a bunny... I feel like if you've got money, a banker would do a deal with you. As long as you weren't, like, threatening, they would take your money. I mean, yeah. I mean, definitely, (laughs) but I mean, I feel like today it'd be easier for them to do that just because everybody's too afraid of being canceled or, like, offending somebody. They would be like, sure, you're a bunny. That's okay. I identify (laughs) as a rabbit, sir. Of course you do. Yes, yes, I do. (laughs) My fluffy tail proves it, and I feel like anyone who doesn't recognize my fluffy tail is an offense against me and everything I do, and I am going to cancel you. Some people can be so insensitive, sir. Some people. (laughs) Oh, man. I think South Park, once again, uh, really (laughs) nailed it with a few years ago when they did the episode where he's like, I just feel like a dolphin, Jared. (laughs) Jared. They were so ahead of their time on that one. Yeah. That that, That was a good one. Uh... Conley continued to dig. Back to the story. He tracked down the police and <laughs> investigation reports. I, that's how I do. That's how the Ryan do. Reports that confirmed that the Fairfax County Police looked for a male in his late teens or early 20s dressed as a bunny. But the police were unable to turn up anything conclusive. There's a goddamn kid from the Christmas story. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a pink nightmare. Writing, after a very extensive investigation into this and all other cases of the same nature, it is still unsubstantiated as to whether or not there really is a white rabbit. The police deemed the case inactive. (laughs) Means we're done looking into it. We're done. We don't care. We're done. Alice just entered the chat. Conley was also able to track down the still-married couple that had the hatchet thrown at them. Yeah, the uh, Air Force officer and his fiance. While they didn't particularly want to talk about the 45-year-old incident, they did confirm it happened. They shared vivid details. So I guess they did want to talk, Conley says. As well, notice he didn't share the vivid details, so you know, uh, it might have been like, look, dude, we're telling you this happened. Can we just not be a part of this story? I, I can respect that. You had a bunny man throw a hatchet at you. It was very dramatic. You did your time. (laughs) As did the aunt who helped them after the incident. She remembered very clearly uh, combing glass from the shattered glass window out of this girl's hair, says Conley. Well, yeah. 
To this day, no one knows who the bunny man was or what motivated him. Conley knows that any theory he has is pure speculation, but he thinks it could be related to an early man, a curmudgeon, says... Curmudgeon? Curmudgeon? Yes. Says Conley, who owned the property that the couple was supposedly trespassing on. No, if he owned it, then he was trespassing, right? I mean, yeah, but I mean, you can't just be throwing axes, dog. (laughs) Tell that to Grandpa. (laughs) Although, the man had died a year or two earlier. Maybe a younger family member took up his uh, cause. Perhaps it was just a person who didn't like... (laughs) All right, so hold on. According to this, they're like, all right, the old man died a year earlier, so we're claiming it's him. But it might not be him. Maybe someone else did. Maybe it was a son. Maybe it was a neighbor. Maybe someone else picked up the mantle. They're just like, you know what? We like this land. We're going to stand here and throw axes at cheerleaders. Not cheerleaders. Teenagers. Sorry, my head is in slasher film. Uh, Uh, Yeah, I I was there for it. I was there for it. I pictured the cheerleader, pictured Uh, bunny man, hatchets, the the whole thing. Oh, man. Bunny man hatcheting cheerleaders. That that would sell. If this was like, you know, late eighties, early nineties, and this was a straight to VHS movie that we put together, we could sell this, Ryan. Straight to the video stores. We don't need distribution. We just need blockbuster. Yeah, just like I said, make it a short and get that sweet, sweet ad money. Uh additionally. You clearly don't know how shorts work. I know nothing, Joe. <laughs> it's it's a miracle I got here. Additionally. If the bunny man was in his early 20s in 1970, then he likely would still be alive today. Unless he got careless with his hatchet, jokes Conley. (laughs) Okay. Well, like got into a car accident or, you know, got AIDS or something. I don't know. Yeah, you know, as bunnies do, bunny men. As of this writing, no one has come forward and admitted to being the notorious bunny man. Yeah, why would you come forward and be like, yeah, I threw an axe at those people. What of it? Yeah, that's what I do. Today, the story of the Bunny Man has overtaken the actual truth. There was no murder, no asylum for the insane, and not even a bridge. Conley (laughs) thinks the Fairfax Station Bridge, which Google Maps now even calls Bunny Man Bridge, that's kind of cool, Yeah, was nothing more (laughs) than a nearby local teen party spot and a creepy-looking and potentially dangerous bridge that got incorporated into the story. Uh, Even the town of Clifton has fully embraced the legend with t-shirts and a haunted Halloween attraction. Yeah, that makes sense, man. Make money off it. Why not? I'm sure, you know, Salem is all about witches. You know, they're like, buddy, man, screw it. These stories never seem to amaze me. I've never heard of this shit, but here's like a whole town. They're like, yay, buddy, man. Yeah. Screw it! Like, do they have, like, the bunny man at malls? If malls existed, they might. If they... they might. Do. <laughs> I, I remember malls. I went to a food court when I was your age. I was kicked out of Hot Topic for stealing. <laughs> there was this once a magical land called Sun Coast Video. Oh, KB Toys. Oh, KB Toys. Yeah. I remember KB Toys. You had the bin of like last year's action figures that were all like two fifty or three fifty. Oh, Bruh. I lived in that discount bin, bro. Dude, all the Star Wars toys. All the Star Wars toys. Nostalgia, you mean me? What the fuck was that? You mean me? I oh, mean me. 
I did not hear the member berries. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. That was my attempt at member berries. Uh, last part of the article here. Uh, while the legend may be more horrific, frightening, and blood-curdling, the truth is just as bizarre. If there was ever a story that was really ripe to grow and get a little bit strange, it has to be the Bunny Man, says Conley. It's our own homegrown urban legend. Yeah, some, some old man being like, get off my lawn, and throwing a hatchet is way less cool than uh, a guy who escaped from insane asylum, murdered a bunch of teenagers, and hung them up like gutted rabbits over a bridge. So call me crazy, but I'm going with gutted rabbits. You know, that's a, that's that's definitely the more horror side, but I, I really still like our version. I will forever see it as just a dude in a Colonel Sanders white suit with the bunny ears headband on for one reason or another. <laughs> now, children, I think you must leave this area. See I... this here hatchet? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do that accent better. I really want to have a whole skit with this character and really kind of commit. Um, I don't think it's happening. <laughs> I do declare. <sighs> it, so, ba basically, it's... Uh, sorry to interrupt. It's yeah, basically... No, Leonardo DiCaprio in Django, like that, that oh, accent. Why'd you have to make him racist? Oh shit! Yeah, exactly. I didn't even know. Uh, yeah, this just went. Because, this just, just took because off. he's a white bunny Hard doesn't left. mean he's racist. Oh no! <laughs> it's over. The it's <laughs> over. He's on trial now, man. Oh my god! Bunny man's kind of looking a little sus. Well, like I was thinking about. Uh, I've always wanted to do a slasher film. Like, in general. Like, this is something I've never done. I've done a lot of comedies. It's just every time we got funding to do a project, in my head, I had, like, this is the goofy idea we'll do. And it's like, I just never got around to doing that slasher. And I've, I've written a slasher. Uh, you know what's funny is I don't even remember what it was called, but I, I wanted a, a female slasher. So her name was Margot, and she uh, was a contortionist, and she had a straight jacket, and she, like, you know, like, crawled through vents and did all this other stuff. And it was a straight slasher. I didn't make her, like... Uh, I didn't make her, like, any stronger or crazier than, like, she wasn't supernatural. It was just she was a contortionist and, like, got in and out of places. And she, like, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't like a Jason Voorhees grabs you and throws you on a rack. It was more like this chick slits your throat when you're not even noticing that she's around. So that was the one I was always going to do. But now, because I sold that script... Um, I wonder if I should have talked about it. Anyways, <laughs> because I sold that script, I'm always trying to think of a different like origin story for a killer. Because everything's been done to an extent, right? You have Michael Myers and Jason kind of cover your, is he alive or undead? Even though Jason eventually throughout the series is definitely undead. Um, but they're the masked killer, right? The silent masked killer. And then you got... Freddy, who's a quippy guy, but he's supernatural. And then there's a bunch of variations in between. And I feel like every slasher since then, they've always struggled with how do they stand out? You know what I mean? We can name a bunch of movies like, uh, you know, My Bloody Valentine, Total Slasher. Guy had a uh, gas mask. He was a minor. But he didn't stand out. He's not on t-shirts. He's not Chucky, right? Mm -hmm. That's another thing. Chucky's got the little doll thing. Yeah. And it's like, what can you do to stand out as a slasher? So the Leprechaun. The leprechaun. That's a good one. So the bunny man, I can see why that, I, I I think most of the ones I've looked up on IMDb, I think most of those films are low budget. Uh, a, a horror movie can work in low budget, but 
there's a fine there's a fine line between something you're watching where it looks like your neighbor shot with a movie camera and something that's a couple hundred thousand dollars that actually has a few actors in it. You know what I mean? So we'll see we'll see how those bunny mans go. And as far as my slasher is concerned, come on, Ryan, what do you think? What would your killer be? I don't know, but I I have a cool scene because it happened. It, so I was standing on my dad's front porch having a cigarette when I was younger. Okay. And how young? Over uh, 18, I hope. Uh, of course, of course. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I'm not breaking the law here. Anyways, so my dad, the, their front porch light was motion sensor. And they had this fat tree on their the very end of their front lawn. So I'm standing there, I have a cigarette, whatever, you know. And, you know, the light goes off. So, you know, and it takes like a few seconds for it to reset. To so, so you're like so waving, trying to get so it to turn wave- Yeah, so I'm waving, trying to get it to turn on. And... And as I get it to turn on or whatever, and I go back to like to look down at my phone or whatever, like or whatever I had at the time, because yeah, that was those younger. I don't know if you even had. We're gonna say you were then. reading a comic book. I, I think I might have had a Game Boy or something, but sure, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I heard like something that sounded like a foot like scraping against like the bottom root of that tree, and I looked up and I swear that I that I heard something, and I was like, what the fuck was that? And I like, and I was like looking yet, and I'm just kind of staring, and I'm like, I swear I heard so, it. It was so, a quiet night, and then the light goes off, and I am ima- sorry, and then and then I imagine that you, if you just heard someone just full nut balls to the wall sprinting at you, yeah. and then you just hear and like, like it the got dark, and you just hear you're like oh shit, and then it just all right, so like a really fast one. Yep, and then you hear the footstep kind of like quickly like leave, and then. The light turns on, from, and, it's just, the and it's just blood like all over the front of the house. Yeah, no, that's a great scene. I love it. Uh, the question is though, is that is supernatural killer or is that a guy in a mask? What are we dealing with here? I was going with like the the classic slasher, like it wasn't so gonna guy be... in a mask. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm trying to say. We, we got to come up with our our slasher origin, right? All right, so let's just say maybe he uh, he was an ice hockey coach and he always did it in a pond in Snow Woods, right? And then he had a son and he wanted his son to be the head of the team, but his son was kind of crappy, right? So he's like, oh, I'm gonna force this kid to like work way way too hard, and he takes him out and he they're they're on the pond and it's like, Dad, it's too warm right now, and he's like, well, we got to get our practice in. So then the kid sinks. And goes under the ice and dies. And the guy loses his mind. He dives into water and tries to find his kid. He never actually finds his kid. So now he wanders around in tattered hockey hockey equipment because he still wears it from the night it happened. And goes in and basically kidnaps children out of their homes that are around the same age. We'll say 15 because we'll make a teenager. 14, so he's still young. He was a young 14. Uh, And then he takes them away. And when he takes them to the pond... And he he always finds out that they're not his kids, so he ends up killing them. And I I had huh? I, I I like Wait, that, that was off the top of my head. I want some credit for that I, shit. I like that. I've got. I want to add to that story. All the right. whole reason that they had to practice on the lake is because he was by the student council for being like so. Like they were like accusing him of being like over 
like way overbearing on the kids, like he was the coach, you know. And they and they like so they fired him, so, yeah. so he wasn't allowed to train his kid. So at, he's at not the, place. the coach anymore. So he blames the student council for why his son is drowned, and so he comes after them and their families, and that's how we. Yeah, yeah. I think we should up it from not be like student council to be like kind of a city team and have it be like ordinance in that way. But yeah. I, I like what you're saying. So he's no longer coach. So the new coach isn't giving his son uh, the captain of the team like he always wanted because his son's crappy. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why they're hiding in the woods. Yep. And that's the whole reason. That, and so he blames them. He's like, it's your fault that I had to go to these lengths. Like when you could have just given my kid a shot or whatever. Dun, dun, dun. The only problem is... Uh, while all of that works, yeah, the whole hockey thing, it's like, okay, well, Jason Voorhees already has a hockey mask. Even though, to be fair, I don't remember a hockey player ever wearing a hockey mask like that. Maybe it was a 70s, 60s. Yeah, like a really old one. Yeah, all right. So I'll give you that. But still, now we have a hockey killer, so we have to stay away from that. I don't know. We gotta figure out a mask. I mean, we can really frostbite his face and kind of make him all gruesome and shit, right? Yeah, and and what makes this story freaky, honestly, to me, is there are parents out there that are are nuts. That'll go that, yeah, that, that get themselves their kids way too far, and they get themselves like arrested, going like starting fights at like games and shit like that. Like there are parents that are crazy out there. So yeah. this is just a little push. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh man. And then you can kind of play with the whole dead kid angle, right? Because then like one of the kids actually looks like him, and then we have the whole. Like Jason Voorhees, I'm sorry, with the, you know, it's your mother, Jason. And he gets all confused. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this is too much like Friday the 13th. It was getting similar there. It was getting a little similar there. Yeah. All right. We'll take, we'll take, we gotta, we gotta roll back that. All right, guys. We'll roll back the, uh, the kid thing. The kid just died. It's more, him crazy. It's more creative than just remaking it. So they, they can suck our balls. Well, they are. Okay. So here's a funny thing. <laughs> there is a, uh, I don't remember if it's trademark, copyright, whatever, but every, uh, in, for a franchise is what I'm saying. So let's say Friday the 13th, Scream, Freddy, whatever. After 30 years, the rights to that franchise go back to the original writer. Th- that is true. So it's recently happened with Friday the 13th. So Friday the 13th, uh, the producers of like those series pretty much owned the rights and they kept making the sequels and all that other stuff. They did Jason Voorhees with a hockey mask. So... 30 years later, the copyright goes back to the original writer who only wrote Pamela Voorhees and never even had Jason really in the script. So he has the rights and he's making a new show called Crystal Lake. It's all Pamela Voorhees focused because they cannot show Hockey Mask Jason. Isn't that weird? They can do Zombie Jason because the zombie kid came out of the water at the end and pulled her in. Um... Yes, but he has to be the child right. mongoloid, not like, you know, the killer. I saw that, that know in love. I saw that actor who played the first Jason. He's in a band called First Jason and he plays a guitar. <laughs> I am not kidding. Yeah, it's, no, I know. He's got long curly hair. That guy looks rocking. He's like a heavy metal weird Al Yankovic like looking guy. Like he he's a really nice guy. Yeah. I met him. He does a, yeah, exactly. He does a lot of conventions and stuff like that. He's in all the Friday the third documentaries. So yeah, no, I just thought that was funny. I get, I can add a little music tidbit to the conversation here on Earthling Entertainment. Well, well done, sir. <laughs> Anyways, back to where we were talking about the Bunny Man. Uh, this week's spooky stuff. Very good idea for a horror film. Let's see if any of these ones. I'm gonna watch some of these ones that I was talking about on IMDb. I'm gonna look it up and I'm gonna tell you guys. I'm gonna update you and tell you if any of these are worth a damn. 
But uh, yeah, so I'd say that's it for our spooky stuff. Y'all come back now, you hear? Uh-huh. Uh, next is Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. Ryan's Disclosure Discussion. All right. The KGB discloses all alien races in covert book. This comes to us from ufaholic.com. Yeah, I, I like that site. I've been watching. I've been going on that site a lot. I was going to say, I, I, I'm enjoying them as well. The space race between Russia and the U.S. circa uh, 1969... Russia and the U.S. had the most invested in the space race of any countries in the world. It's no wonder that Russia has some hidden secrets as well with their own space programs. Fun fact, did you know that the acceptance of UFOs is much more normalized in Russia than it is in the U.S.? Here. That's, a, that's the first cool yeah. thing I've heard about Russia. <laughs> yes, it's very nice. No, actually, it would be kind of cool to live somewhere where they were like, no, yeah, aliens are real, guys. No, like, for real. Like, yeah, there are aliens. Deal with it. There are UFOs. Fuck it. <laughs> Here, we are skeptics. There, they believe. Now, there is no doubt that there were secrets of the Russians in contact with aliens that were closely guarded by the KGB. The Book of Alien Races is possibly one of the most revealing and controversial documents coming from Russia. Has this book put us a giant leap ahead in the search for answers about extraterrestrials? That's a question you will have to answer for yourself after reading it. What will shock you about this book is the many facts, photos, illustrations, and drawings outlined. Ever since the Book of Alien Races was translated from Russian into English by Dante Santori, a former Special Forces sergeant from Europe. This secret book has created a major stir among researchers. The USSR throughout history has been a treasure trove of information on ETs and their craft. We've long had hints on their abilities to obtain UFOs and make contact with aliens. But this information was well hidden behind the Iron Curtain. Now, with the release of this book, all that has changed. The original 1946 book was written to inform KGB agents of the various alien races who had visited our planet and also was used as a notebook by secret agents as they constantly made additions and revisions to the original startling information over the years. The fortunate reader of this book will be imbued with knowledge of alien species, descriptions, their ships, and place of origin, as well as information on how alien races have contributed to human evolution here on Earth. I mean, all right, to be fair, this kind of sounds like an ad for this book, but honestly, it's just really, really cool information. Whether you believe it or not, like, it's a really thorough look at everything that, you know, supposedly the KGB has dealt with over all this time. It's 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 real interesting. I, I kind of have zombie survival guide vibes on it, where it's like, it's it's obviously fake, but it reads like it's really real. 
Yeah, and you know, who knows? I mean, according to this site, it's claiming that it is straight up real. Well, and it's all like accounts, you know what I mean? So Yeah, the reports of incidents and, you know, and well, it's the book of alien races. So a list of alien races, as I'm sure you can imagine. I'd like to get my hands on it. What, you know, let's see if we can get it. Hold on. Keep look, keep reading. Yeah, look it up. You will also discover the negative aspects and possible intentions of some alien races. And there's more, such as information on UFO crashes, Russian contact with aliens, Russian attempts to build their own alien craft, and an amazing section containing communications from aliens. These contain information <coughs> on the history of humans on Earth, contacts and intervention by different alien species, advice and some predictions from aliens. Yeah, I definitely want to know about it. Well, you know, this does look a little bit more legit because uh, on Amazon you could buy a spiral-bound one, kind of like printed version of it, for uh, 50 bucks, or it's on Kindle. But it doesn't look like it's been, like, published. So that kind of adds a little bit of legitimacy in my mind. That's crazy. I might get that bitch on Kindle. Well, I'm going to send it to you right now. Well, that sounds wonderful, but that is the end of that article. I okay, have to so, say that yeah, that's I'm crazy. into that. We were we talk about it a lot here about the Greys, the reptilians, the Anunnaki, the Nordics, the like Nordics. Nordics. I'm just wondering how many uh, how many are in the book? Do they have different names? Are there more? Right, because there's um, I don't know the name, but there's also an energy kind of. Uh, alien species that is yep. supposedly, you know, either on a different dimension, different wavelength that we can't quite connect with, or straight up energy. I don't know. I've heard of insectoids, uh, the ant people. I, heard I heard about, yeah, there was a story I was actually just listening to about the bugs. Where, the bugs? Yeah, there are basically, like, the, the, the universe is teeming with life. And one of them are the bad ones. It's like, there's the good ones, there's the bad ones. The bad ones are the bugs, and they're pretty much what you could probably imagine, right? Like, Well, the, I, what I'm imagining is Starship Troopers, man, when you tell me the bugs. I was thinking almost kind of like Independence Day, how they were basically like cockroaches that just go planet to planet and just suck it up dry and then move on. Like that kind of thing. Huh. I never attributed the Independence Day aliens to bugs. I always, that's the way I kind of looked at it, because it's like, they come, they... Just like I said, suck the planet dry and then they move on. Well, we to be fair, I don't think we ever really got motivation in the first movie. I think them coming for our resources was kind of confirmed in the second film, right? All uh, I remember when they when the president right asked him what he want, he was like, "For you to die." Yes, he's, he's like, like, "What do you want us to do? Die." die. Yeah, creepy. So yeah. that was that. So that's what I just think is they probably eradicate the planet, use up all of its resources, and. Move to the next system. You know, as uh, alien motivations are always crazy, and they're they're fun in different movies. There is a 19- they're frightening. They are. <laughs> There's this 1996 movie called uh, The Arrival, and it's actually starred Charlie Sheen. And uh, so this film was really crazy because the motivation of the aliens was to bring global warming make global warming happen like happen quicker like all this stuff with the industries not seeming to care and making good environmental choices turned into it was all alien influence because they wanted to make the planet hotter because they're basically terraforming it for them 
That's really scary. Yeah, isn't that awesome? And it's, uh, yeah, it was starred Charlie Sheen. It was The Arrival. They made a sequel with none of the same people, and it wasn't very good. But 1996, The Arrival's good. Wasn't, there was another movie that was called The Arrival, wasn't there, where where they had to, like, talk to them with music? Yes, I, uh, I believe that was literally just called Arrival. Yes, yes. Yeah. That, that, that was where I, I got confused for a second, where I was like, Okay, so there's two separate movies yeah, there. Yeah, The Matters, man. Apparently. Okay? Yeah, Arrival, yes. which came out in 2016, stars Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. And that is a much more, uh, let's say, th- it's a think piece, to say the least. I'm honestly shocked that it's got like 94% Rotten Tomatoes, because don't get me wrong, I don't think it was a bad film, I just didn't find it to be great. Well, like I said, it's a think piece, and, and God darn, the critics love smart movies, or what they consider to be smart. Yeah. And in this one, uh, the whole concept, and spoilers, if you guys, yeah. you know, for Arrival, 2016, if you guys haven't seen it yet, that's eight years, it's kind of on With you. the dude who played Hawkeye. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, yes, yes. Um, so the idea is, the aliens are coming to Earth to give us a gift, and then the gift they give us ends up being their language. And their understanding of their language, it, it's all written in circles. And it's to represent there is no beginning or end. So once you understand their language, you view time differently. And you see future events and past events and all these things happening at once. And which is why Amy Adams throughout the film is having these visions of her with a child. Yeah. Which turns out to be a child with Jeremy Renner's character. And what ends up being sad is they don't end up together because he can't deal with the fact that she was aware of that the child was going to die at a very young age and still allowed them to have the child together because she felt as though everything is is circle and we need the time that we're going to have with this and he felt a more linear path uh, which was just of loss i'd be pissed too well, I'm just saying, very, very, uh, <laughs> and to be clear, that is my interpretation of the film. I, I didn't read an essay or anything, so if I, if you have a different interpretation of the film or you think I'm correct or wrong or whatever. No, that was spot on. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I, I understand why, <laughs> why he was pissed off, because, like, how, like, the worst heartache a human being can go through. Losing a child. You knowingly let me go through. <laughs> when you could have, when you could have warned me about it, like at least like give me a heads up, like. Yeah, I I don't remember if if that was the issue. If she just was like, oh, I just didn't think I like, mentioned it. Aliens gave me a that's so Raven kind of moment, and uh, you know <laughs> our child's gonna sort of die. You want to still do this? And I'd be like, fuck no. Yeah, well, it's thanks like, for it's telling like, how, me. How old's a kid gonna be? I don't know, like eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're good. We're good. Like maybe, maybe I'm going to go get a pack of, of smokes. Pain. Yeah. And in fact, um, I'm going to rethink the whole thing you got going on there. <laughs> oh man. Look over there. What's that? You know, but I, one of, uh, excuse me, if you don't mind me jumping is one of another very classic alien motivation is food. That's that's what I was saying. Is no, 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 like we're the food. Yes, yes. I thought that. So rep, reptilians are pretty much known to be like. Oh, they'll eat us. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, it was in the there was an original miniseries called V, and it came out in 1983. Uh, you know what's really funny is uh, Freddy Krueger was in it. What's his name? Um, I'm terrible. Robert England. Thank yeah. you. 
Uh, he played one of the aliens, I believe. But anyways, so it, it, it's a benevolent, a, be, a benevolent. I can't talk. A nice alien species that is coming <laughs> down. Benevolent uh, alien species that's <laughs> coming down, and they're like, "Hey guys, we're gonna give you technology. We're gonna be cool, and everything's great. You should like totally be stoked on us." And uh, but secretly, we're actually evil, and we're gonna turn your whole world into a police state, and then we're gonna eat you guys. So, you know, we fight them off, and then we have a year later, V, colon, The Final Battle, which is another miniseries. Very good. And then it was followed by a, um, a television series, which lasted one season, which wasn't very good. And then years later, in 2009, we rebooted it, which lasted two seasons, and that one starred um, Anora, the chick from Deadpool, and I call her Nora because she's a... Uh, that's her character from Firefly. But it was uh, Marina Bakarani? I can't say her name. Do you do you see that? Marina Marina Bakarin? Yes. Yeah, well her. Deadpool's love interest and Elizabeth Mitchell. Anyways, I just wanted a big rant there about alien motivations because if this book explores that, it, it's it might be good fuel for someone like me for like, hey, let's let's come up with some more stories here, you know? What what does it say? The KGB Maybe they get, maybe they stumbled upon some amazing plot points that we could use, and maybe some truths that we haven't heard yet. Well, yeah, I mean, to be fair, they are you know the claim is this is an actual document and this is all real, right? You know what? It's I've always thought, and the only movie that really played with this was Men in Black. But I always thought like, why do we assume aliens are going to be like relatively our size? So what if that little smudge that we're looking at? What if that is the entire mothership? They like, their down. whole civilization. Benny on the sale. Right? And so they're coming, and they're, like, looking at everything, and like, dude, I don't think we should get out. They're freaking giants. Like, if they were to come out, it'd straight up be like, honey, I shrunk the kids. They're all like... <laughs> oh, like, shit! Like, like, <laughs> like, we're all worried that we're like, this technology is beyond us. But what we don't realize is they had to harness their own son to make that. And it's like, uh, they can't do much, guys. Get us the fuck out of here! <laughs> Go to Earth, they said. It'd be nice, they said. Well, shit. And, but what if, like, I don't know. I had a weird theory. I was, I was thinking about uh, last night. Was uh, what if, like, this thing? Because the, so they say it comes into a nuclear power plant, right? And then it comes, goes into the water, and then takes off. So what if it's like it went to the power plant, you know, absorbed, recharged, recharged, or whatever, right? Goes to the water. Maybe there has something to do with the water and like the cooling of their. Yeah, they, they're propulsion. probably just cooling down, man. Right, and well, yeah, because like I said, it's so hot and cold, hot and cold. So maybe it has to like cool down real quick, and then it can, it can, it can take off after that. I don't know. Like don't that's know. and and I always had weird theories. I'm like, what if I remember when I was younger, I was like, what if aliens are just coming here for water? Like water is there's, not. There's a lot of water in space, more than you think. Every asteroid or comet, I, I forget which one, is an ice ball. You know, there yeah. are, there is water out there. And At we, least, you know, not to where you'd have to go to us to get it. And we know of Europa, of course, and that was a good, that was a decent movie. I don't know if you saw Europa. It was okay. Is it just called Europa? I believe so. Yeah. It was uh, sci-fi, you know, they're traveling to Europa to, and basically one scientist gets way too obsessed and basically gets, you know, spoiler alert, gets them all killed. 
All right, uh, is it like the Europa Experiment or something? I want to say it was just called Europa. I watched it once. It was years ago. And it was definitely low budget. It It's not very exciting, very campy. Like, it all <laughs> takes place inside of a ship. Like, basically. Like, the whole thing is because they're traveling an insane length, you know, to get to Europa. And they touch down on Europa, and she basically... They do track something. Like, they track something underwater, so, like, they, they think they found life. She goes a little crazy, and I my guess is what the viewer was supposed to take away was this creature basically killed them. And they ah. all died. Well, that sounds pretty A very abrupt ending. It was very, very sci-fi-esque. Right. Just no explanation credits. Like, and we're done. That's 90 minutes. We're all set. Pack it up. Give us our check. Uh, we'll go home. Yep. Ah. Oh, man. But, uh, so, I do have something else that I thought was kind of funny that just happened. Because uh, I know people who like this comedian, and I never thought he was funny. But the Joe Gold... Joe Coy? Joe Coy. Okay, what about him? So, he hosted the Golden Globes and bombed. Poor bastard. Dude, bombed. And he's, according to him on the stage, he said, I just took this job. Like, literally, he, he did the worst thing you could do if you're bombing. Like, he yelled at the crowd. He was like, what do you expect? I just took this job 10 days ago. What do you expect? A perf- perfect monologue? Shut up. He really? literally, yes. Oh, I gotta look that up then. No, he fucked up. He sucked. He was terrible. And his joke, so not only was he terrible, but it's like, and I'm not even being like woke here. I'm just saying it was just such a dumb joke to make, especially considering all the wokeness that surrounds the movie. What joke? What are you he made about? a, he was like, so we've got Oppenheimer, which is, uh, you know, he makes this like really descriptive, like serious description of it. And then we've got a movie about a plastic doll with big boobies. Yes. And everyone's just kind of like, yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like yeah. basically everybody in the audience, like all the woke people being like, this is why we needed the movie. Okay, like, all I all I heard was uh, that everyone was freaking out because Taylor Swift gave him a death stare. Like that was the headline. I because that chick is so freaking famous that the headline yeah. I read was, "Why did Taylor Swift give Joe Coy a death stare?" To be fair, I wrote it in my notes. See what so, the hell? <laughs> so I was that's what I was gonna get to, and so yes, and another one of his jokes is he was like, "What's uh like the difference between the NFL?" And the Golden Globes, we get less shots of her or something like that at the Golden Globes than we do at the NFL. And she was, she, yeah, she gave him, like, the death stare while taking a sip of wine. And I heard this one girl, like, I don't know, I was scrolling through different pages and stuff, being bored on TikTok and shit. And I saw this one girl, she was like, literally could have made it funnier by being, like, we get we get less shots of her at the Golden Globes than we do at NFL, but the difference is that the Golden Globes she actually earned it, or like something <laughs> like that, or like something like that, like deserved it, you know, like something that would be complimentary while at the same time being you know a roast. But uh, all I'm either saying, way, he, like, he, dude, he, he, I don't he think that's up. a I don't think oh well he may have fucked up, but I don't think that's a big deal. Like not I mean, huge. Nah. No, what I'm saying is the whole Taylor Swift joke. It's like okay, dude. They do show her a lot <laughs> on and, football. And that's the other thing is she need lighten up. 
girl. You're like literally the biggest star on the planet. Like people are gonna fuck with you. Well, also is it? It's like okay, don't give him a death stare. You're ruining his career. Every second you stare at him, he's losing a million dollars. Oh, he just he definitely just cut his audience at least in half. That's what I'm saying. That's man. for sure. I'd be like, listen, Taylor, you're powerful, and we know that. But could you not throw someone's career because they said a bad joke? That but, wasn't even offensive. It just wasn't funny. But I will say this. This dude sells out arenas as far as I know. He He's a big time comedian. He's got a fan base. He'll do just fine. But I'm sure I, he will. He's, you know, he's, um, God, he did a movie called Easter Sunday. Yeah, he just did, yeah. Well, anyways, that movie I heard was also terrible. Yeah, well. So, I, I, so from what I can tell, he's a great stand-up comedian, but uh, his other ventures don't seem to really aren't right. I think he's just a guy who, he's got his fan base, and he'll always have them. That's what's supported him, and that's what's got, and, and good for him, you know what I mean? But, like, I just found this interesting because it's, like, it kind of talks about, like, in a weird way, it sheds light on maybe, you know, I know that it had to be tempting, right? It's like, dude, you, you want to host the Golden Globes? Like, oh, my God, maybe he should have thought the fact that it was 10 days prior they obviously went through a lot of people, and then it has since come out that a lot oh, of dude, big names... Oh, dude, they went through so many people. Everyone was just like, no. Nope. We don't want to do that. Nope. You, and... know, you know why, right? Uh-uh. All right, so uh, I'm just going to give you a real brief thing here. Uh, the Academy Awards are voted upon by the Academy. So we're talking thousands upon thousands of people, thousands of actors, thousands of directors, like thousands, right? Uh, the Golden Globes is just the foreign press, which I could be wrong, but last time I checked was like between... 70 and 90 people so it just it's a lot less legitimacy to the awards because i mean less people voting is you know less less of a win also they do stupid things like the golden globes historically like for instance the year the martian came out the one with um matt damon they wanted to give the martian an award but they didn't know what category to do it in so they gave the it won by the way a golden globe for best comedy or musical weird the martian they did that with another category this year with another one that i was like that doesn't sound that doesn't like, apply yeah yeah so, that's a weird category so the golden globes uh have just gotten more and more like wah, 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 that should have been a drama in the eyes of everyone yeah of course it wasn't i mean there was a funny part here or there but yeah it's a drama for that sure. was a drama that was an epic journey into like Thinking about like what it would be like to be fucking stranded on a goddamn planet. Well, they won best comedy. Weird. This is why the Golden Globes have the reputation they have. Very, very weird. And I mean, all these award shows, like I will get them mixed up, but they all suck, from in my opinion, for the most. Like, okay, the Grammys. Don't, don't do a blanket statement. All like right? the Gra- Okay, the Grammys. Because they, they're the oh, one... hold on. We can't talk about the Grammys because the Grammys are the only big music one out there, man. Well, come and, on. Well, I'm a metal fan. All right, all right. And I'll the, let you. I'll let you do. And the thing. metal category has been just famously trolled. Like Jethro Tull won best metal band. The dude with the flute. All right. And then the <laughs> and then the year after that, Tenacious D, whom I love, did a cover of a, a Dio song. I forget which one, honestly, at this moment. But they did a break with a with a flute solo in it and that's what they won the, the grammy for so the joke in the metal community was if you want to win a grant if you want to win a grammy you got to put a flute solo in your metal song all right well you know shots fired grammys do better with metal dude they suck it, it's a joke 
they're troll. Like honestly, it, if it is legitimate and they are taking votes, it's literally metalheads trolling them, and they're too dumb to even realize it. <laughs> Maybe it is. Ooh, man. ooh, I got one more. Oh. And then one time, Megadeth won, and the band played Metallica as they walked down the aisle to accept their award. If you don't know your backstory, Dave Mustaine, the guitarist who started Megadeth, was kicked out of Metallica after their first record. <laughs> so yeah, it's a, yeah. I'm not kidding, dude. They were like, and you could see it all over his face. Like, you've got to be shitting me. You guys suck so hard. <laughs> so, yeah, in my opinion, fuck the Grammys. All right. I don't know enough about the Grammys to defend the Grammys. I'm not music guy. You're music guy. So, just the metal. Just the metal category. But, I mean, let's face it. Metal never gets, like, like even it, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is a joke. Like, they literally are just now, in, like, bringing in, like, Judas Priest and Iron Maiden, who should have been in there, like, the moment they were able to qualify, it makes no, like, I, it's, I don't get it. I don't understand it. Well, maybe you just have very niche, uh, likes because like, I find that with movies all the time. Like, a lot true. of the movies I really like, um, most of the critics do not like. <laughs> it's, that could right. be true. Well, I'm just saying there's a, like, all right, here's the thing. The Wachowski siblings, you know what I mean? They did the Matrix and then they did a bunch of other movies. I freaking love all all of their movies and nobody else does nobody else i love speed racer man i love cloud atlas i love all that shit i remember you talking about i love jupiter ascending i don't care i think i saw that i don't care that eddie redmang talks like this and then screams really loud all weird and uh, the stupid romance and apparently channing tatum's half dog and molly mila kunis is in it and it's just like okay i'm on board let's do this I got another little story here. So Joe just got off of an airplane. True. And unless you've been living under a rock, this has been kind of a big story going around. So an airplane has its plug, which is basically like an inactive door. There's basically the fucking side, a a whole panel of the side of the airplane. Bust off mid-flight. Thank God not at 30,000 feet, because they say if that happened, they probably would have for sure... Grand trouble. But, All right, so yeah. to be clear, like just the door's gone. So there's just a hole in the side of this fuselage. Yes, uh, the one kid sitting in like the the seat pretty close to it. Thank God, not right next to it. And I'm gonna get the reason I brought this up is it kind of this is a nice little spooky stuff kind of thing here. Uh, the kid sitting there while his mom was holding him, the air pressure the, it was so great it tore his shirt, his shirt and his phone and everything went out that out that freaking thing they say it was tearing the cloth and the, the headrests off of the seats that the, it was sucking so so much like oh my god so i'm afraid of flying which is why ryan loves stories that is, <laughs> uh, torture me is all right in the first time i've ever flown the reason why we didn't have a show the last two weeks is because i was in oregon visiting family of my sister and it was the first time that her kids met my kid and it was this whole big thing but i'm on a plane thinking i'm gonna die with my kid being like, well, I can't let the kid know I'm scared. He's nine months. He wouldn't know, but still. And uh, also, once you have a kid, you got to be the brave one. I don't know. It's awful and scary. They and then Ryan's just you. like, did you hear? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I waited until you were back. That's true. That's true. All right. So it, the wind is sucking out. It, there's a big old hole in there. And then the, the two seats where they're right next to that door are just miraculously empty, which yes. is crazy. So here's the story. Now, I've heard two different stories. There's one story that this person was at the bathroom. There's one. 
But I don't believe that one because they said they weren't at cruising altitude yet, and that's what saved them. So they were still... Yeah, so the the seatbelt sign would have still been on. So unless they really had to go, they probably didn't get up. So here's the uh, final destination version. The couple that were on their way to the airport, their Uber got into a car accident. With them, I believe, inside. Everybody was okay, but because of that, they missed their flight. You know what? It was us, Ryan. We need to go back in time and cause that car accident and save that couple because those couple are actually the ones that are going to reverse global warming. Good, good. I know. This is all part of a magical plan. And all the rest of the pussies on the plane just sucking on the oxygen bag. <laughs> anyway, Bunch of bitches. Oh my God, Ryan. God, that would be horrible. <laughs> that was so harsh. What are you doing? Uh, just punching down, Joe. Just <laughs> punching down. So, anyways, man, uh, like, crazy fate, you know? If you're into God, you'd be like, that's a God thing. If you're into the universe, you'd say that's a universe thing. If you're into movies like Ryan and I, then we say that's a Final Destination thing. And those two need to watch their backs. I And I was, you know what, if that ha- if, the, if a couple told me that, they're like, oh my God, we were supposed to be on the plane, and that plane had the thing burst off, and I'd be like, oh, so you would you would have been sitting there, man, you guys would have died. It's like, yeah, we can't hang out for a while. <laughs> like, I, I gotta give you guys, like, I gotta let you cool down a bit off yeah. of the Grim Reaper's radar right now. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to be a part of the mousetrap chain reaction Rube Goldberg thing that kills you. And, like, you don't even want to be on the phone. Like, because I could see, like, some 90s, like, ele- water coming up to the electricity and it comes up, something happens, lightning bolt strikes the house, and then somehow a chain reaction and you get electrocuted and you die. We've seen that movie. It never ends well. Even if you live through the movie, in the next movie they say you didn't live long. Nope. <laughs> nope, and it's always horrific, and it always comes back. I do like the Final Destination series, like as a Me film too. series. So the five movies, for those of you who don't know, if you just think we're talking nonsense, is there's some accident that happens at the beginning of each one of these movies. A group of survivors live, they survive, and then one by one die in weird ways, uh, either in the order they would have died or in reverse or whatever like that. It depends on the film. But the point is... They die one by one because they were supposed to die in that initial accident. So that's what we're talking about. Good uh, movies. They're, they're, yeah. Apparently they're going to remake it soon. I'm, I'm here for it because honestly they could be really creative and just come up with tons of new ways to die. <laughs> I mean, I didn't like a few of them in the later, like as the series went on. So here's here's my final destination critique, if I, if I do, if you don't mind. The first one, my favorite, loved it. The second one, I don't know why, didn't like it as much. I thought it was too gruesome. I just, I wasn't, I wasn't a huge fan. The third one, I thought it was kind of tame. It involved roller coaster, but it was still fun. The fourth one, theater explosion. It was decent, but for whatever reason, I find it kind of forgettable. Yeah. The fifth one, a bridge collapse. Now that is a great one because that is actually a sneaky prequel to the first one. And it actually made that five film series go full circle. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And, and on a side note with like the whole Final Destination thing in real life, uh, we would have never had Mark Wahlberg or uh, the guy who does Family Guy, Seth MacFarlane, because they were both supposed to be on the flight that happened on 9-11. What? Yes. Mark Wahlberg? And, and, and literally he just, I guess he just called it off. Seth MacFarlane were supposed to be on which flight? United 95, the one that crashed in the, or one of the ones that hit the towers? Not certain which one. Sure. But, but I, I know that they were both literally supposed to be on that flight, on one of those flights. And uh, Seth, I think it was because of like 
similar, like, I think just like a problem getting there, like, like, you know. They missed the flight, whatever. Missed the flight. Mark had just this feeling, he, that's right, he chose to drive. Mark was supposed to fly, and for some reason, like, literally, he, he still to this day, so he's like, I don't even know what came over me. I just decided, fuck it, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna drive. So he drove. You know what's weird is, uh, you think about just the, the the pebble in the pond where the ripple just goes out and out and out and out, right? Like Seth MacFarlane, for instance, is, you know, Family Guy's on like twenty <laughs> seasons, and uh, yeah, I mean, come on, the cultural thing of stu- I'm sorry, I was very distracted by that beep. What was that? Was that your phone? I, I don't know. I don't was think it was because I've, I've got mine on. Do not disturb. That was weird. All right. Anyways, uh, the the years that have the show's been out, a lot of cultural things, a lot of sayings, a lot of things you don't think about. You know what I mean? Like Uga Blakash, you go nipple pinchy. Is this something from Family Guy season three? I've been saying that for twenty years. Mama, mommy, mama. Yeah. So I'm just saying, like, imagine the cultural things that one person could actually affect, and how different. Not the world, but pop culture would be without Seth MacFarlane and Mark Wahlberg. I'm not as big of a Mark Wahlberg fan, but he's done a lot of stuff. So it'd be weird to have him just not around. Would Wahlberger still be around? Probably, because that was the dad's company, so I guess never mind. But still. (laughs) If I ever ever get a dog, I'm going to name him Bark Wahlberg. That's going to be his name. We're just waiting for that joke. It just occurred to me. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny is um, I always wanted to name my uh, dog Charles Barkley. I like it. Yes. I like that a lot. And I, since, you know, you don't name a dog Charles, we have Pogo Barkley Wakefield. And if anyone asks, it, it's because of Charles Barkley. That's right. I picked a random basketball player because of a name, not because of any... I don't even know what TV was on. Pogo is a little gentleman, in case you want to know. He's a very cute puppy. Yeah, yeah. He's a mini pin. A min pin. A red one. A really good dog. You know, I'm actually writing a children's book this year. So, this year... Uh, the focus is novels and books. And here's why is I've spent the last 10 years, not counting, you know, COVID, but I spent the last 10 years in LA and I made a lot of films. I wrote, wrote a lot of scripts, you know, a lot of good stuff, but now I'm in Michigan for a while and well, there's not as big of a film industry. So focus on books. We're doing a kid's book called Pogo's Adventures in Tiny Town. And it's going to be Pogo going uh, to be boarded while we're going on vacation. And it relates a lot of his experiences with those that someone would experience when they first enter school. You know, meeting new people, meeting teachers, you know, how to social, um, to be social with kids. So it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. We have a local artist that we uh, contacted that we're going to be working with. Um, also... Uh, I don't know if it'll get off the ground right away, but there's a board game coming down the line that I believe I'm going to associate with this podcast and call it the Earthling Entertainment board game. It's going to be pretty awesome. And then an adult... Copyright Earthling Entertainment. Earthling Entertainment. Well, yeah, absolutely. And then um, all the cool kids have machetes, which is, uh, it was a script and then it was a miniseries. It was this thing I've been writing for years. It's just going to be a novel. And it is basically a school high school taken out and put into this bubble in space and everyone lord of the flies fights and you know after resources and it's kind of like a little game of thronesy and it's a it's a lot of fun but uh one of the little <laughs> tricks here is the kids wake up at different times so when they're all woken up they're all at different ages so you do get kind of a microcosm of of society with the high school attitude but now you have adults doing it as well it's a really weird idea but the point is all the cool kids have machetes think of it along the lines of like john dies at the end as far as tone all right 
Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah, you'll like it. Uh, it's funny because we take the school in 2005 from when we were in high school. I did that for two reasons. One, I didn't want to have to deal with the whole cell phone thing. And two, uh, we do play on stereotypes. And stereotypes are not as PC friendly. You know, it's kind of hard to have the jock and the nerd and all this when everybody's okay and special little snowflakes and we need to be understanding. And we're all one big bland color, gender, eye color race whatever the fuck we are so yeah i'm just gonna set it in 2005 uh, i'll read the the book on tape for you <laughs> there you go well you know what maybe maybe we because we are going to uh have the audiobook that is definitely happening because we already have uh, a company we work with where we do our other podcasts with which is uh luke william productions he does uh tatter tales uh with us and he does he does all the audio engineering for that so he will do the audiobook and maybe maybe we'll have you record it I'd be down. I'll I'll try out. I definitely feel like I rambled on a little bit there. I wasn't prepared to talk about it, so if that wasn't a great pitch, don't worry about it. I wasn't trying to sell it to you right now. We'll wait till the book's done, then I'll try to sell it to you, so don't worry. <laughs> this episode of Earthling Entertainment is the first of the year, and we are going in it with a great attitude, nice and laid back, so this episode we wanted to kind of just chat a bit. You know, we kind of, like, all this is off script, we're kind of just... Shooting the shit, because uh, we appreciate all of our listeners, and uh, we think they like to hear us kind of, just kind of chat. Well, actually, you, you, you also just have to warm up, man. It's just the warm up of the year, and you know what? Next next week, we'll go back to having all, our all, our whole show with the headlines and everything else, but yeah, you know what? I think this was a good one. I, I appreciated it. Did you enjoy it? I, I did enjoy this one. I liked a lot that uh, we were... It was our first episode being able to uh, incorporate uh, the video, like a video with some audio for something. So we're going to try to see how we can maybe incorporate that in a bit more because uh, I think that went pretty well. Yeah, well, a lot of fun. But all right, from us here at Earthling Entertainment, thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in every Tuesday afternoon where we will drop a new episode. Uh, check out Tattered Tales, which is another show we do, which is an anthology show of spookiness and scary or funny or happy. It's a self-contained story. It's nice. And that's anywhere you can get your podcasts. Uh, message us on Facebook. That's probably the fastest way to get a hold of us. Uh, or uh, Instagram, we're on both of those, uh, just at Earthling Entertainment. And uh, yes, thank you guys so much for uh, joining us here in 2024. Hope everybody had a safe and uh, fun new year. All right. See you. Bye.